Welcome to the Doing Design podcast on This Is HCD, hosted by all the world's best live design and innovation trainers at thisisdoing.com. Now, for regular listeners, you know what we do at thisisdoing.com, but it's the home of many of the world's best trainers in the spaces of design research, service design, user experience design, content design, and more. Now, in this experience, I speak with the brilliant Jerry McGovern, the creator of the Top Tasks Method and author of the latest book, Worldwide Waste. And we talk about the story behind his exciting new course, and it's a very much needed course called Earth Experience Design. And we answer some of the community-based questions about this topic, as well as talk about the disassociation of behaviours that persist within the creators of online products and tools. Now, look, for more information on this course, see the link in the show notes. So let's just jump straight in. Jerry, how are things? Great to have you on the Doing Design podcast. Not too bad, uh, Jerry, considering this, this crazy world we're living in and, and really delighted to be chatting with you again. I know, yeah. Well, we're going to be chatting a bit more around the Earth uh, Experience Design, the course that you're, you're launching in January. But you're coming live from Brazil, Jerry. Whereabouts in, where, whereabouts in Brazil are you at the moment? Well, m- my wife is uh, Brazilian, so we uh, hadn't been uh, back to the family for a number of years, so we're staying at the moment in Hisifi. Right. And what was the what was the, the experience like of flying from presumably Ireland back over to Brazil? What was it like? Uh, How was the flight? You know, it it was it was a little bit you know, you you had to be very careful and, and cautious. Uh but you know, it was a bit of a surreal experience. Yeah. Uh, in, in in the process. Lots of, um, did you have to wear the mask for the full flight? I presume it is. We did, yeah. yeah. We did, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's crazy. Was the, just an interest, was the was the flight full? Was it full of people or is it? It was it was reasonably full, yeah. It, it was, uh, you know, there was, yeah, it was, it, it was fairly full, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's something like, I think, most people at this time of year would either be doing one or two things. They'd be getting ready to have Christmas at home or usually looking to go away and make make best use of the time. But I don't know. I think maybe you and one other person I know has taken a flight in the last year, which is, uh, it's kind of a, it's, I don't know how, how we'll approach it in the future. Um, but it's something that I'm, I w- I'd love to get back to that point of being able to fly and enjoy the good weather and visit brazil for instance will be it's on my list well we see yeah i mean it's a kind of you know in in relation to the topic like i used to travel and fly all the time because of you know the work the clients and the work but you know it's something that i'm looking at seriously you know basically eliminating all business flight and really only only traveling for family reasons or, you know, just to maybe go to Brazil every every couple of years or stuff like that. Because, you know, the impact of of flying, flying is enormous. Uh, Absolutely. You know, on uh, the climate. And th- these are things that I've never even thought about three or, three or four mm. years ago. And you really have to begin to question so, ma- so many mm. things and, and um, why you need to do them. So I think the... The world changes, or, or that I think that you know, if we do, you know, come to Brazil, you know, in the future, we 
we stay so we're staying for about three or four months so we stay for a significant period of time yeah so to speak uh to maximize you know rather than you know going all over on a regular basis so to speak so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of issues that you know certainly i find myself um Mm. examining that i really didn't think that much about you know up until a couple of years ago I think there's a really nice kind of parallel between what we're going to end up speaking about in a few minutes. But I was the same. I, I lived in Australia for 13 years or something, all up in the last 15 or 16 years. And flying back and forth to Ireland was just like my biggest obstacle to doing that was usually time off work or uh, price of flights and so forth. And the impact of it was like a little tick box on the UI whenever I was booking my flights. I mean, would you like to offset your carbon for this flight? And I'm like, yeah, now it feels better. I've done it. I've paid it. Like, so I've, I've paid my, my ethical tax um, yeah. and it's gone. But I think what the pandemic has, has given us has given us this sense of perspective and allowed us to stay, take a step back and reflect and question, you know, well, what can we be doing and what should we be doing? And it's it's a nice kind of prelude to the Earth Experience Design course that you've been talking to me about this for a long time. Definitely, you were one of the first people in my ear. And I was just kind of going, yeah, that's interesting. All right. Like, I don't know what the I don't know what the community would be thinking about this. But as we can see, Jerry, you know, we, we put it up on LinkedIn and we put it out on Twitter and we put it out in our own communities. It's It's something that's people are starting to really really think about but what is it about the uh the whole kind of invisible side of our behaviors um why is it still a thing that people don't really get or really want to want to approach and talk about what is it what's holding us back do you think yeah i think um you know there was actually when you you asked uh was there any questions you got a very interesting question you know uh what what was it that how was it worded we got a great the... question um from yana who's on the slack channel and i'll be i'll be completely honest if yana's listening to this one back when i when i first saw it i was like okay um i hadn't really thought about this and i was how has geometric figuring since the 11th century impacted design teaching today and uh, I had to follow up with Yana because I was a little bit ignorant in this space. I I understand about the whole kind of deep connection to our past and why we do things currently. But their whole thing was like, what design narratives uh, are rooted in geometric figuring and whose expense and detriment? And when I spoke to Yana a little bit more on Slack in a private message overnight, um, they pointed me to a few things that basically said, well, basically, the tools applied in design have been orchestrated to promote religious thinking. And at this point, I'm Catholic and Jerry is probably similar to me. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's someone's going to talk about God and religion. And I instantly start to repel. But I was like, OK, I was leaning into this conversation uh, and a particular narrative and viewpoint. This tool has been used to colonize the peoples of Europe and later the colonies or today's ex-colonies. What is it about design that promotes Christian thinking and the cost, expense, and the detriment of everyone else? So yeah, and and, and uh, you know, I didn't understand the the initial phrasing of the because I'd never heard of it, but certainly um, um, the basic underlying uh, theme 
that that question is exploring, I think, is is uh, absolutely correct, and I think is is the foundation of why we are destroying the earth. I think I think the modern religions are a core driver of of the reason why we are destroying the earth, because the modern the Abrahamic religions are founded on human superiority uh, and human separatism, and that you know we have souls and nobody else has. They're all you know we're special, we're worth it. Uh, nobody else, no other else has feelings. Only only us. So they've made, they've essentially said, you know, here you are, waste the art. It's 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 up it's up to you. Everything everything is you know uh, there for you. Uh, everything is for your convenience. It's all about you, and 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 God is even in the image of you. <laughs> so like you know, so we've we've created this, you know, structure which legitimizes uh, our ability to destroy the planet that we live on. You know, and I think the the modern religions are a core pillar. You know, in the colonization, as I was telling you, and the the ships that went to destroy all the natives of 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 South America or or to enslave the Africans, uh, or or went to Australia. The ships had three groups of people on them. Uh, they had the soldiers, the scientists, and the priests. And the priests legitimized what the soldiers and uh, the scientists uh, uh, did. So I think if we are to have a hope to fix the extraordinary mess we have made of the world we have have to we have to first and foremost recognize that we are part of the world uh and that you know in in the broadest sense of things what goes around comes around and and I have a specific example of that I've, I've been tracking a lot of e-waste uh electronic waste uh, and, and reading up a lot about it the last uh, couple of years and every year we're producing about 50 million tons of e-waste, which is enough to build the Great Wall of China. <laughs> and and it's doubling every 15 years. So in another 15 years, we'll be able to build two Great Walls of China every year uh, from, from e-waste. Uh, much less than 20% of it is properly recycled. And a huge amount of it is actually illegally or, or semi-legally exported from rich countries uh, to poor countries like Ghana or Nigeria or Pakistan, where it is where it is burnt in open pits and you know to, and 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 dumped uh, in you know in rivers and lakes. And the 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 irony of this is that so much e-waste is being dumped and so much of it is seeping into the water table. It's going back out into the seas, and it's polluting the fish that we in the rich countries are eating. So we're eating our laptops. You know, we're eating our smartphones, some of the trace elements in them. We thought, you know, we we think we're so clever in, in, in Europe and North America. We think we can always export the crap to the global south and that 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 the poison will stay there and it'll only poison poor people. But because everything is interconnected in this world, it's beginning to cut. We've 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 done so much poisoning that it's actually coming back to us uh, in in the process. So it's either it's either a wake up moment that says, you know, the this intense individualism and selfishness is 
blackness that has driven so much of culture in, in the last 100, 200 years, or maybe 50, 60 years in particular, uh, that that's going to destroy life on Earth. And if we don't create a system which looks at everything, the water, the soil, the, and, and tries to design in, in the context of, of, of those sustainable issues and boundaries, there won't be a planet. There won't be, well, there will be a planet. There just won't be a livable planet in another hundred years. You mean the, the, the speed is exponential. In the last 25 years, humans, of all the CO2 that we have created since we emerged out of the swamps, we have created 50% of it in the last 25 years. I mean, that, if, that, if that's not scary, I mean, if you think about that, where, I mean, the modern human species may be three, three, 300,000 years or whatever. So we, we have created 50% of the damage in 25 years. It's exponential. Our, our destructive power is growing exponentially. Uh, and if we don't radically um, shift our thinking, yeah. Transform and shift i mean like it seems to be that there's a huge um disassociation between what we do uh like like in terms of our behaviors um both online but also like in in the real world as well and its impact because it's it's invisible it's you know we recycle yeah. and we're like yeah okay we, i've done my bit and then off off it goes and we spoke a little bit more around this in another episode with Joe McLeod in terms of ends, ends of experiences and what does that look like on This Is Hate City, which will be coming out now in the next week or so. But um, online, <clears throat> it seems that for a long time, and you've spoken about this in Worldwide Waste on your podcast and on in your book as well, for a long time, people perceived on online, you know, website design or UX design or product design to be the greener of the uh, of the kind of approaches to design, like because it's you're not wasting paper, we're not cutting down trees, and that has been perpetuated for for a long time, and I I fell into that trap as well. Um, so what is it about the course Earth Experience Design? Who is it for, and what kind of things can well, people expect to get know, out of it? As you indicate, there you know one of the things to really reconnect actions to um, really understand uh, behaviors. So there's, in, in the book, Worldwide Waste, or the, the final or near last uh, chapter, there's four things that I say that we can, we can do to try and make things better or try and move in the, in the right uh, direction. And um, the, the first one is about, about work. You know, is is it worth it? So, you know, we'd be looking at 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 a true worth and true cost in in the environment. So I'll I'll come back to that in 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 a few minutes. But second one is um, the the weight that you know digital has a weight, uh, and and the heavier it is, the more polluting it is. So, you know, a great challenge from digital design is to design the lightest, the lightest way. How can we design with the lightest weight uh, uh, possible uh, in in the process. So there there are no, numerous techniques and lo looking at, at at the options and you know um, and and maybe one thing you hear. So the the 
a small decision, but a decision that we could make now is uh, if we if we turn our cameras off, because I don't think our cameras are being recording. Just a, a simple thing that that I uh, say about um, an audio. If you if we speak for an hour, uh, an audio uh, that will take about thirty megabytes of data, whereas if we speak for an hour with video, that's about 300 megabytes of data. So we could have uh, scenarios where, you know, you start your meeting and five or 10 minutes you leave the video on because it's nice to get, uh, you know, uh, to uh, see people. But then you move to audio. You're always looking for the lightest option. Uh, and audio is lighter than video. And you know what as well? Psychologically, it's lighter for a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of stresses, there's a lot of studies coming out. People don't like watching themselves constantly seeing their, their own face coming back rather than other people's faces. So there's a lot of stuff that light for the planet is also light for you, you know, and, and people. So lightness, design for lightness, you know, design, you know, lose weight in the design process. So, so that's the second one. So the first one is, is it worth it? You know, really asking in it and, and asking that question at an earth experience level. You know, is it, is it worth it to the earth, all the materials, etc. Second one, you know, to lose weight wherever we can in the design uh, process. And a connected one uh, that's often interrelated is then waste. Eliminate waste. So wherever there's waste in the process, clearly identifiable, uh, you know, remove that. So a simple example of that might be you know, in in web design, you're you're sending down 300 KB of of CSS for a page, but it only needs 12. You know, th that page doesn't need 300 KB. It, to, the the layout of that page only requires 12. But you send you send it down as a package because you're too lazy, or it's part of a framework, or or stuff like that. So constantly eliminating waste in in the design uh, uh, process. And there's two areas as as there is uh with with uh the weight area there's design uh waste and there's use waste so there's the waste that occurs during the design process and then there's the waste that would occur uh in in the process of using that thing that you have actually designed um and so that's the third one then the the fourth one you know this it would be looking at at, at don't uh, don't do it. Wait, what I call wait. That often, you know, the the best thing to do is to do nothing or create nothing, or you know, to to maintain rather than to create. We have uh, been brought up in this tense culture of of creation, and the very act of creation creates uh, negative things as well. And a lot of times, there's there's enough there already, uh, and we should you know, take time uh, and 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 really uh, think more about things and, and think about is there stuff we can reuse or uh, is there stuff that's already out there? So it's a kind of working with the people around, you know, helping evolve a new design philosophy uh, that is, you know, contrary to the this modern consumptive ex extractive planned obsolescence, uh, you know, nothing lasts uh, type of design philosophy that everything is so surface, uh, 
that that you know we need yeah. we need a, we need to change you know the culture and the way we think about things i mean if there's people listening out there that are user experience designers or product designers or just anyone that is in the role of creating new things or new new pieces of value for their business what can they expect to to take away from it in terms of actionable things is there uh like is it an interactive workshop well, Jerry? At, how, how know, do you see it working you, out if you look at um see the, the principles around um how would you you know design out waste in a digital uh, environment so what are uh if if we took an example of say in a, in a web environment what are the the major areas where you would uh discover waste in an environment what why say as an average uh web page gone from 100 kilobytes to 4 megabytes uh in the process and what are the things to really look at if you if you're looking for the waste and a lot of them are are simple and obvious around the images and the treatment of the images and the f the formats and stuff like that and, and and then there's looking at stuff that i talked about the css or the um uh, javascript and and uh various other html is less obviously use of videos videos very very intense uh but but looking at at the various aspects broadly coming to say here's here you know if the outcome from this because it's just a three hours uh, type of session is more here's a here's a model or a way of thinking about the problem that you know even if we left saying you know well the number one thing i'm going to pursue is 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 waste in in the design process and i'm going to uh look at like i i'll, I'll show a model of how how to actually um, measure the weight of something. So um, I had a scenario there. I w worked with some people. I said, "How do you, how how do you measure the weight of content?" And basically, or 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 the weight of practically anything, an image or whatever, you measure the weight based on the on, on the device upon which it is created or device upon which it is used. So that's where the weight occurs because essentially the weight of the object itself, the megabytes itself, is, is is very light in relation to its overall impact. But the weight that actually occurs, occurs during the creation process. So I worked with a, a bunch of uh, content professionals to try and get a average senses of how long it takes to create, say, a thousand words of content. And we estimated that that would take about 20 hours in relation to creation, in relation to editing, drafting, sign-off, reviews and sign-off. So they estimate 20 hours. So all of those 20 hours occur on devices, uh, typically on laptops in the process. So then I did work on to, to understand uh, the CO2 impact of a, of a laptop over its lifetime in the process. So manufacturing a laptop uh, will create somewhere in the region of 300 KB of, of CO2. And then you got you know, so typically most of the waste in a laptop will occur during its manufacturing process, about 80%. So then, just like you would for a car or furniture, you depreciate or you allocate that laptop across its useful life. So I, I did some calculations about how many hours a day would that laptop be used, 
over what would its lifespan be, etc. And I came up with certain figures. So looking at the it's an allocation to its manufacturing CO2, an allocation to its use CO2, uh, came up with figures that, that roughly an hour uh, working on a laptop would be about 110 grams of CO2 in a process. Now, if you were working on a desktop with a, with a big screen, uh, that could be 250 or 300 grams because uh, desktops are much more intense in their processing capacity. They tend to have much bigger screens and screens consume a lot more energy, etc. So there are models that you can build and you can say, well, if we did this in a, a laptop, it would, be, it would be about 100, 100 grams. So if you've got two, 20 hours, well, that's about 2 kg. You know, then you would estimate things like, well, how many times is this going to be looked at? Uh, so, and oh, it's going to be looked at, will it be looked at on a smartphone or will it be looked on a laptop? Like an hour on a smartphone is about 16 grams because it's much less energy intense. You know, a smartphone is about 60 kg to manufacture versus of, of CO2 versus. So there is, a, there is a rule that you can see, always use this lightest device. You, if you can use, you know, if, if you can design on a laptop, design on a laptop, don't, if, yeah, I used to use big screens. I've stopped using big screens in the, my design pro, I got rid of them, I gave them away. Uh, to people. So, you know, there's there's commitments that you can make decisions in, in the design process to design in the lightest possible way. Then if you wanted to look at lightness in use, well, you would say uh, a thousand words takes about four minutes to read. Well, could we do it in 500 words? You know, because uh, those four minutes are 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 consuming energy and are, need to be allocated over the, the useful life of that device. If you could, re well, yeah, being succinct is light. You know, if you, if you're, and I'm not saying don't have video, but think, but video is thousands of times heavier than, than uh, is text and hundreds of times heavier than is audio. So when you're thinking, when you're doing video, you're really thinking about every second, every, you know, because a four minute, uh, video could be 40, 50 megabytes, 100 megabytes easily uh, in, in, in the process. So when you're doing, and you're asking, do we really need video for this? Because I've, I've watched loads of people. My core work over the years has been observing people use, use websites. And in many situations, videos don't help at all. You know, they're not useful. Uh, we did a lot of work with Cisco and uh, observed network engineers trying to uh, figure out configuration problems with routers or data centers or whatever. And, you know, they wanted the technical documentation. They wanted code samples. They wanted, you know, videos were a nightmare for them, you know. So video, just because it's got higher, you know, um, you know, production formats doesn't mean it has higher communication formats. Often the lightest option, I was working with a person who, um, did a lot of analytics for accountants. Uh, and he was talking about how all the graphs and charts and et cetera. And then he, he discovered that really, uh, when the accountant logged into their portal, what they really wanted to see was um, a text that said, um, budget is 7% is higher than target. Uh, uh, take these three actions. Like they didn't, 
the, the actual text was much more useful to the accountant than, than throwing 10 charts at them, which contained, oh, I have to look at these 10 charts and now figure out uh, the budget is 7% over from, from looking at the charts. But actually, we could think, we can think light and also create very powerful, you know, I think we become intoxicated by the idea that we have these powerful tools, you know, and we just want more power, just like we want more, you know, iPod SUVs as well. We, we're just intoxicated by power. Uh, and, and it's not good. It's not good for us, ultimately. It's, it's certainly not good for the planet. You know, 40% of new cars being sold now are SUVs. I mean, these are people killers. They're planet killers. I mean, the amount of deaths on the roads is increasing. The chances of you dying if you get hitched by an SUV, SUV are 10 times, 100 times higher than if you get by a car. So we're creating these monsters of machinery for no purpose other than our sense of power. And we have to go... We have to somehow come back from that addiction to power and ego and vanity and, and achieve a certain sense of balance. And this is in the design process. I'm trying to develop these principles of principles of lightness and principles of, of waste elimination. And if you can, you can bring these principles to play in a lot of design. And as I said, you're designing for, there are two areas, design for the use, and, uh, and uh, so there's the actual des design, designing the thing, but you want to measure the use of the product because that's where a lot of the waste occurs as well. If you design a very heavy web page, it's having a big impact on on thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, but the, on the metrics thing there, being able to measure and build that narrative out to your employer or your organization and say, well, actually what we're building is not being used it's it's so currently I know from speaking to Joe McLeod, lots of our physical devices that are at home that are inanimate like fridges and so forth, they don't have any metrics associated with them. So those organizations don't know what's being used and not used. So in some instances, metrics are completely required to help enable that narrative to change within the organizations. Um is it, what, what do you think? I know you said like there's a huge cost there, but I think if you're thinking of it in terms of the digital realm, I know what you mean. Like analytics and stuff can add to the page weight and slow it down, and then there's, there's a cost yeah, associated I mean, with it. Yeah, that's an so, interesting thing, you know, because, um, you know, I've been involved in the web since mm -hmm. the mid 90s, and, and uh, you know, it used to be web trends back in 96, 97. And, you know, I, I remember, um, yeah. you know, spending years in meetings uh, discussing analytics. And at one stage, I remember looking around the room and there was about 10 or 12 people in the, in, in the room, this big organization, huge uh, website, you know. And, you know, I, I was just thinking to myself, this is total, absolute bullshit. You know, here we are discussing the analytics. You know, and <laughs> none of us have a clue what they mean. And, and, and we're just, we're just pretending yeah. we're being intelligent here. Oh, the page views went up or the visits, you know, and, and, and they spent this amount of time on the page and, and this abandonment rate and that abandonment rate. And if people were honest, genuinely honest, 99% of people that I've met have no clue what they're talking about. So most analytics, 
most analytics is actually no, bullshit. Yeah, agreed. So, uh, of course, there are certain environments where it's critical. But the amount of analytics that we produce, 99.9% of it is absolute crap and is absolute useless. I mean, think of the madness of how would you use analytics if you were a health website in a pandemic? You know, oh, visits are going up. We're really popular. You know, like, I mean, what, what does that mean? Oh, they're spending loads of time <laughs> on the, on our page. I wonder, do they have COVID? You know, what, what sort of craziness? Most analytics... They, they could be telling you the total opposite things. You know, uh, they spent a long time on the page. Yeah. Were they confused? Or, or was it a really good page? Like most of the time yeah, they were confused. Because exactly. I spend, like, we, I, I'd look at analytics and then I'd look at people using the website. And like, the analytics would be like telling a totally different story to the actual reality of people. So I think, yeah. I think we should... Depend less Absolutely. on analytics and more on observation of human behavior if we really want to understand what's happening and what's not happening in an environment. But again, I'm not I'm not disagreeing in the sense that there may be situations, but I, I just find we don't think enough. You know, we just don't we don't we don't make wise decisions. We make stupid, quick decisions. You know, uh, new to Absolutely. more. Yeah, uh, let's get loads of analytics and sometime later we, we'll figure out a way to analyse them. Most analytics is absolute garbage. Turn them off. I know. There's, I know people listening to this podcast now will be like, okay, I, I'm, I'm sold on this, but I work in an organisation that has absolutely no plan or really like my boss doesn't show that they care about the situation and I, I want to call out a quote by Ilya Prigogine who uh, John Thackeray alluded me to a number of years ago and he said that in an unstable complex system small islands of coherence has the potential to change the whole system and I remember when John quoted that I hadn't heard that before I probably should have but I hadn't um, he just basically ex it explains that even at a, at your own being, at your own self level, you have the power to change the system. So you coming into this course, even if your organization doesn't really display any of the signals or appetite of wanting to change or thinking like this, but you bringing this in and helping maybe inform one other person that you work with, you can start a movement from within. And that's something that's really, really important to us that this is doing, and this is HCD, that it's just not always, you might, you might completely disassociate yourself with the, the values of your organization if you're working for an FMCG or whatever it is. This course is going to give you the capability to help shape the narrative, to help kind of transform that complex system that you find yourselves in. And that's what Jerry's created. He's created a three-hour uh, interactive workshop that really focuses on that, that really helps shift uh, the conversation into the more the actionable state. And um, I know for one, Jerry, I'm really excited about it. 19th. Uh, is it the 11th of January? I should know this one off the top of my head. 19th of January, Jerry. It's, it's only around the corner. You'll only be getting over your Christmas dinner at that stage. Um and I know for, for people listening in, if they're clicking on it, it's in the show notes. There's a link to this course in the show notes. Um, we're donating 25 euros of each ticket to a non not-for-profit um, working for environmental change. Um, 
in Brazil, they're doing quite a lot of work in this space, Jerry. Do you want to talk to us a little well, bit more about know, what it looks like over there? Brazil is a very complex uh, society. It, it's it's got it's got Absolutely. polar opposites. It's got you know a basic maniac in charge trying to destroy the Amazon, uh, and then Absolutely. it's got many uh, others uh, trying to you know really you know save and uh, and, uh, and 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 it's interesting Repair. to to see you know our whole we always look down on recycling you know you can see in a society that that yeah. uh, as humans we we are contemptuous of of recycling you know every every evening uh, if you look out the window you'll see a bunch of guys walking down the street with these hu- carrying you know um uh, these these big carts uh and the carts are full of cardboard mm. or either they're full of plastic and basically those those poor guys have spent the, the day going around rubbish tips or whatever around the city uh, ca- either they specialize in different things and collecting cardboard or or, or recycling and, and you know in in Brazil you can fix pra- practically everything because there's such such a huge a difference in in the wealth of society this extraordinary wealth and this extraordinary poverty so a lot of the products of the wealthy uh, that when they get rid of them you know end up being used by the poor so there's so there's there's massive workshops everywhere to take things apart and the, so brazilians are are tremendously you know innovative in relation to fixing things but here's what we want to do with them in the west we want to we want to you know if if we followed the 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 model of capitalism then all of that fixing would disappear and we'd just start buying apples and you know buy buy and just throwing stuff away so what the model of success in society is you know we we are contemptuous of those people who recycle we want to get to a state where we recycle nothing you know and we just throw all the plastic away that's what we regard as 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 success and you know, you know, there has to be a different model, uh, like, and the idea of, I didn't talk, we talk about a little bit in the course of reuse, designing stuff. You know, uh, there's loads of great stuff happening around design systems. You know, design stuff that can be reused, design stuff that can be fixed. Uh, Dell has just announced a new laptop, where I think they've gone from uh, sixteen screws to four screws you know, in the process. So they've they've made a whole range of decisions in the design process to make this laptop fixable, to make this laptop repairable. So we as designers of digital things should be asking that the question, how how will this be disassembled? Can it be disassembled? What are the components of this which could be reused rather than us constantly reinventing, you know, new new things. So I think, you know, this you know the the cultural change. Hopefully, this this course will set us on a, you know, help in some way. But it was is like what you said just uh, finishing up the that uh, about John Tacker said that somebody else said nothing humans have made cannot be changed by you know by ch- humans human anything human made can be changed by humans. Yeah. There's 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 a few things in that like and, and there's just touching on the the topic there that you said about um, ends and so forth of that. Joe McLeod, who has written 
ends the book and now engineering is working with us that this is doing now and, and creating their own course so people will be able to get a much better understanding how they can take this the learnings from uh, Joe's books and into action so we're going to be working with Joe on that and then there's another course from Belina Raffi on the essentials of thrivability um, which which starts I believe in February or March yeah I think it's the March the 24th from recollection on the principles of nature to making organisations a force for good so there's a, there's a few courses that we're working on at the moment but the first one that I believe is going to set the way for the rest of 2022 is with Jerry McGovern on earth experience design um, which Jerry had me on the date there again January the 19th, isn't it? Uh, January 19th. I, I'm pretty sure. Let me just. It is. I'm on the website here. I see Jan- January the 19th. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. And that ends, sounds brilliant as well from Joe. I mean, that, uh, you know, his, his book is brilliant and brilliant, a brilliant concept. And, you know, it's part. So maybe there's a mood of change. I mean, when you say what's what's going to change, you, you think, I, you know, nothing I can do has any big. Impact, but if if we can, if we're lucky enough to be part of a wave or a movement, and we're all, you know, but but doing nothing is not an option. Absolutely, I mean, being active and talking about this thing is what we need. Um, so even if your organisation, as I said, is not really aligned to your own personal values, join Jerry on January the nineteenth for this course because it'll help you build that narrative and bring a fact sheet almost of of material to that conversation within your organization because action needs to happen now this isn't something that's that's going to be uh, put on hold for another 15 or 20 years we need to do something about this now we need to change our business models and what better way to start off the new year than with jerry mcgovern and Jerry the 19th jerry it's all as always it's a gift speaking to you it's not even a pleasure it's a, it's a gift um if people want to follow you on twitter what's the best what's your url is it or your handle jerry just Jerry McGovern, Jerry, and, and uh, you know, just to say as well, what you're doing, you know, this is, it's part of a really good movement, a, a movement for good, you know, uh, because we designed our way into this problem. So let's design our way out. Absolutely. Jerry, stay safe over there. Have a great Christmas. Um, we're looking forward to Thank catching you. up with you now when you get back into Ireland uh, in probably middle of next year at some point, I'm sure. But like, stay safe. Thank you and stay safe as well.